everyone welcome back to another edition of the main event heat podcast i am your host rob weathers we're going to be returning back to a format that we haven't done on the show in quite a while we're going to be doing a top 10 list this week i have been wanting to do this list for the last couple of weeks i didn't want to wait until we were almost done with january before i got into it but you know as you guys are aware the first couple of episodes this year i i kind of had to do those i kind of had to get those out of the way but now that ZDOP is finally finished and I'm still, I feel like I'm still kind of recovering from last weekend. Last weekend was just this whole fucking amalgamation of stress and anxiety and excitement and just every emotion that a human being could possibly feel. I'm still kind of hungover from all of that. And, you know, I don't really know nothing yet, but uh, there's a possibility that I'm not going to have too much more time to recover from that before we wind up having to start talking about the next one. So take with that information as you will, because that is all I'm going to be saying about that for right now. But on from that, let's talk about our topic for this week. This week, we are going to be doing a top 10 list of wrestlers that I think you should all be watching out for in 2022. Now, this isn't going to be a list of a bunch of unknown wrestlers that I think are going to blow up. There are some people on this list that it would not surprise me if a lot of people have not heard of them, but this list is actually people that I think are going to have potentially the best years of their career this year. Some of these people are on TV every week. Some of them have never wrestled on TV before in their life. But regardless, these are all people that I believe will potentially have the best years of their career in 22 some of these people I think have kind of already started on that trajectory so let's go ahead and talk about it everybody this is the top 10 wrestlers to watch for in 2022 number 10 I have got Jade Cargill Jade Cargill every time I look at her I see so much potential. I think that AEW believes that they've already began to unlock that potential. I don't necessarily think they have. I think that she was rushed into the position that she is in. And I was really worried about it at first. Like, I I don't know if everybody listening saw the match where her and Ruby wrestled for the inaugural TBS championship. I don't think it was a very good match. I really don't think it was. But then this past week, she had a match on Rampage where she defended the belt against Anna Jay. And it was actually a really solid match, especially considering that Both of these women have not been in wrestling for a very long time. Now, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. One of the biggest is probably because these two women have been training together since the beginning of their careers. They both got started around the same time. So they're probably very comfortable with each other and already have an established chemistry. So I think that that Jay definitely needs that improvement to where she can put on that kind of match with closer to everybody. There's some performers out there that are as good as whoever they're wrestling. I don't think that that's the case yet with Jade, because if that's the case, that match with Ruby would have been an absolute banger, because I do think Ruby is probably top five, one of the most technically sound women on that roster. Like I said, so much potential whenever I see Jade. I mean, first off, I mean, it is what it is. This is an aesthetically driven business. I've said that a million times. 
a lot of what people first notice is she's built like a fucking goddess. Like she looks like a real life Wonder Woman. And that is definitely playing to her advantage right now this early in her career. I think that they should not let her talk ever because I don't think that she's really figured out the promo stuff. You know, they've got her with a manager, but she still gets a few words in after he gets done cutting his promo, and I think they should just stop that. I think it would be way more beneficial for her if she just never talked, if she was just stoic and got in the ring and just laid waste and then fucked off to the back. Like, kind of like Hook is doing. Hook never talks. He just goes in the ring, whoops ass, and leaves. I think Jade Cargill needs to start doing that. I also think pairing her up with Mark Sterling is kind of weird. I think a lot of people look at that as definitely like an odd couple kind of thing. I would have put her with more of a hype man manager as opposed to a lawyer. Like, I just, that just seems, I don't want to necessarily say it's, it seems weak. Like, why would she have a lawyer with her? But that's just my opinion. I'm obviously not booking the show. If I was, there are so many things I would change about Jade. But I think that in 2022, she is going to realize a lot of that potential that she has. And right now, they've started her on the path, whether she's ready for it or not. But I, I don't think that she's going to regress whatsoever this year. I think that she has only gotten better since she debuted. And I think that trend is going to continue. And I think it, it honestly wouldn't be a shock to me if, after she drops the TBS title, she does wind up very shortly after picking up the women's world title. And speaking of young potential on AEW, number nine is the infantry, Sean Dean and Carly Bravo. If you have watched AEW Dark at all in the last year or so, you have seen a lot of the infantry. These guys are on there seemingly every week wrestling everybody under the sun. Sean and Carly are two very talented up-and-coming wrestlers. Both of them are members of the United States Armed Forces. I love the, the whole package. I, I love the infantry team. I think that these guys go together perfectly. I don't know Sean very well. I think I've only worked with Sean once. Carly, on the other hand, Carly is a friend of mine. I have worked with Carly several times. Carly did just go over in the Hey Brother Battle Royal at Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise. He's only been in the business for like a year, and it's kind of wild to me because he has so much already figured out. And I happen to know for a fact that AEW is very high on these guys, and I cannot wait for the day that, and I imagine it'll, it might happen this year, that both Sean Dean and Carly Bravo do finally get signed to AEW and move on from just being on AEW Dark. A lot of potential in that team, just like I talked about with Jade. I see a lot of good things from these guys. These are two guys, I mean, I know especially with Carly, not been in the business for very long, but they are constantly growing as singles competitors and as a tag team. And I cannot wait to see what the future holds for these guys. Definitely, if you are watching AEW Dark every week, keep an eye on the infantry and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. We just talked about Carly going over in the Hey Brother Battle Royal at Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise. That is a perfect segue on to number eight, the man himself, Zicky Dice. I know, I know. I can't go a fucking episode without talking about Zicky. That's because he is a big part of my life. He's one of my best friends, and some of the biggest opportunities that I've had in my career are thanks to Zicky. So he gets brought up a lot. There is a little bit of a caveat with his entry on this list, though. I have him here at number eight, but it is not because I think that he is going to have the best year of his career as a wrestler. To be completely honest with you, I don't know if I am super confident in how Impact is going to be booking him this year. I, I really don't know. 
Where I think he's going to have the best year of his career is everything outside of the ring. Like we have been talking about for the last several weeks, he just put on his own outlandish paradise show here in Atlanta. It did big numbers. We had like 350,000 people streaming it just from his Twitch channel the night that it happened. That's not to mention all of the other channels like Johnny Gargano and so many other lumineers in professional wrestling that were streaming this show on their channels. The show is now on YouTube as well. Those numbers are about to start skyrocketing. It would not surprise me if the overall viewership for that show is well over half a million at this point. That was such a huge accomplishment, and Zicky made it very clear at the end of that first show that there are plans to do more of these. And who knows whenever you guys are going to hear about when the next one is. I'm sure it's going to be sooner rather than later. But that right there, like what he created isn't just a show that he put his face on, right? It's not just some regular run-of-the-mill indie show. This is the first ever Twitch-presented wrestling show, and it's got like like this like Cyber Sunday, Taboo Tuesday type thing going on like WWE had back in the day, where the people that are watching the show from home get to participate in what actually happens on the show. That is a big deal, regardless of whose face is all over it. He is creating jobs for other people in the wrestling industry. He gave me one of my most high-profile gigs that I have received in my first year in professional wrestling. And I think that that is going to be where he blows up. It's going to be everything that takes place around the wrestling ring, not so much inside of it. Like I said, I don't have a hell of a lot of confidence in what Impact does with him on their TV show this year. I think maybe 2023 will be a better year because I know how his contract's laid out and I just, at this point in my career, I kind of know how bookers think. As far as everything else, as far as all the stuff that he's doing on Twitch, as far as all the stuff that he does for everybody else in the wrestling industry, and trust me, it's not just me, I think that is going to be where he excels. And I do believe that 2022 has already proven to be Zicky Dice's year. Now on to somebody that I do believe Impact will actually book very well inside their ring this year. Number seven is Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander already had the best year of his career in 2021. He had a very impressive X Division Championship reign. I was lucky enough to call two of his matches while he was the X Division Champion in Lariato. The first night he wrestled against Wolverton in a very surprisingly competitive match. And then the next night I saw him wrestle a match with John Schuyler that... For whatever reason, unfortunately, I don't know if that match is ever going to air on Impact Plus, but it was a fantastic match, and I really, really hope that they run that back on Impact TV here soon. But with that being said, they got so close to completely and fully finally strapping that rocket to the back of Josh Alexander, where he beat Christian Cage to win his first ever Impact World Championship at Bound for Glory. Then about a minute and a half later, Moose comes out and takes it from him. I think that still sits very wrong with a lot of fans. I, at first, had a let's wait and see attitude about it. I was like, well, maybe this will work out. Maybe it'll make sense. From Moose's perspective, I don't fucking think it has because Moose's title reign has kind of sucked. I, I really, I don't get it whatsoever. But on the other hand, they have given Josh dream match after dream match. He goes from losing that title to Moose in record fashion to immediately entering a program with 
fucking Minoru Suzuki. And then after he gets done with his feud with Suzuki, who do they put him with? Fucking Jonah Rock. They're giving Josh Alexander dream match after goddamn dream match right now. And I think, in my opinion, what's going to happen is he's going to knock out a couple more of these dream match scenarios, and they're going to put him in there with Moose, and they're going to let him beat the fuck out of Moose and finally take that world championship. And this is this is a really big if, because like I said, 2021 was already Josh Alexander's year. I'm thinking 2022 could be even bigger, and I really hope it is. Now, let's talk about a little bit of a sleeper pick on that Impact roster. Number six is a newer signee, Masha Slamovich. Masha made her Impact debut at the Knockouts Knockdown event, where she wrestled Deanna Perazzo in a very entertaining match. I was in the crowd for that show. I had never heard of Masha Slamovich before that match. After that match... I immediately was like, push her to the fucking moon. She did such a bang-up job. Gail Kim came out unplanned and gave her a fucking contract the second that match ended. That's awesome. That's absolutely amazing. Masha, I think, has only had one or two matches on Impact since finally signing that contract. But I do believe if that match that she had against Deanna is any indication, she is going to have an amazing year in 2022. I think she's going to start popping up in a lot of these big super indies all over the country. I think that she's definitely going to get a shot at that world championship this year in Impact. She's probably going to be on a fucking pay-per-view for it. Hell, it wouldn't surprise me if she winds up getting the digital media championship at this point. I think that Masha, it's a slow burn right now. But I do believe that she is going to be, by the end of 2022, one of the biggest stars in the Impact Women's Division. And I do think that they need a couple of new fresh faces to come up to the top of that heap. And I definitely think Masha is going to be one of them. Number five is the first and only stable on this list. They are exotic youth. Bryce Cannon, Zach Mosley, Cornelius Pepperbottom, and Candy Cannoli. I have had the pleasure of working with everybody in this group on multiple occasions. Bryce has been a part of almost every Lariato show that I've called. I've only worked with Zach and Pep a couple of times, most recently on Christmas Day at WrestleForce. All four of these individuals are going to be at the next WrestleForce show March 26th in Casey, South Carolina. Bryce is going to be going against TJ Boss for the WrestleForce Champion and Pepperbottom and Mosley are going to be defending their tag team championships on that card. These guys took the entire state of Georgia by fucking storm this last year. All up and down from North Georgia all the way down to South Georgia. These guys have literally carried championships in pretty much every single company that they've been a part of. There's pictures of Bryce on, I think, his Twitter page where he's wearing like six fucking belts at one time. These guys get over in a really big way everywhere that they go. And there's a really good reason for that. It's because they have figured out how to be great heels in a way that seemingly nobody else on the Georgia Indies has. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of very good heels on the Georgia Indies, but nobody pisses the crowd off the way that Exotic Youth does. They're just everything about their entire package just makes you want to hate them. And it makes you want to watch them get their ass asses kicked and the thing is they don't get their asses kicked very often but when they do the crowd blows the fucking roof off the building these guys just understand the assignment it's always a joy for me getting to call their matches because i'm gonna be completely honest with you they make it easy for me it's really easy 
because everybody fucking hates them. And every show that I go to, every time a heel comes out, there's a lot of times there's that pocket of fans that really like them and really want to cheer them, even though they're supposed to be the bad guy. Not exotic youth. Everybody hates those motherfuckers. And that is exactly what every heel should be striving to achieve. They won, I don't know how many Georgia Wrestling History Awards this past year. I think Bryce was actually voted as Male Performer of the Year. And I think that's definitely deserved. These guys are all very capable between the ropes. All of them can talk. They all can cut very, very good promos. Every single one of them. Their character work is is honestly perfect. It is a matter of time before companies all over this country start calling these guys and start flying them everywhere. Right now, they're really confined to Georgia and a little bit of South Carolina, but I'm telling you right now, I think in 2022, everybody, every promoter in this country really needs to pick up the phone and start calling exotic youth because they would make an excellent addition to every single roster in this country. Moving on to number four, talking a little bit more about another mainstream wrestler, and that is Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham, of course, at final battle, winning the original Ring of Honor world title in a match against Jay Lethal. It has now been decided that he will put his Ring of Honor original world championship belt against Bandito's current world championship belt at Supercard of Honor in April. Very excited about that match. I imagine, in my opinion, Jonathan Gresham has to win that. If Ring of Honor does not try to put their revamped company on the back of Jonathan Gresham, they are fucking up big time. And similar to Zicky, I do believe that some of Jonathan's biggest moments in 2022 are not necessarily going to be in the ring. He started his own promotion here in Atlanta that had its first show last week, Terminus. It looks like Terminus is probably going to be running one event every single month. They had some fantastic wrestling on that show. It is a very rules-based show, so if you're like me and you're a stickler about the rules of professional wrestling, I definitely recommend checking out Terminus on Fight TV. But that right there, just like we talked about with Zicky, Jonathan Gresham is creating opportunities for other people in the business. Now, I do believe that in the ring, he is going to have a banner year. But in my opinion, he's been having great years for the past couple of years. Ring of Honor has only treated him like a star in all of 2019, 2020, and 2021. But on top of all of that, I do believe that everything that he does with Terminus and God knows what else he might have planned here in the future, I think that he is not only going to create a huge year for himself, but he has the potential to create a huge year for all of his peers. I have worked a show with Jonathan Gresham before, the first championship wrestling from Atlanta tapings. I, I had a quick conversation with him, but I've never had the opportunity to actually like really sit down and talk with Jonathan. But I would love to pick his brain because he seems like a very intelligent guy that understands every aspect of professional wrestling and the moves that he has already began to make here at the beginning of 2022 do nothing but prove that. I have very high hopes for Jonathan Gresham. I hope that he continues to be the Ring of Honor world champion for a very long time, and I cannot wait to see what the future of Terminus is. Speaking of big things coming out of Atlanta, number three is AC Mack. AC Mack is a guy that I have been familiar with since I moved to Georgia. He was a part of the first several independent wrestling shows that I went to since I moved here. Former Southern Honor heavyweight champion, former heavyweight champion in almost every company he's worked for, actually. AC is a guy that I've always believed to be very talented, not only in the ring as a wrestler, but he is a great promo as well. 
AC, another competitor that was recently a part of Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise, taking place in the four-way match at the beginning of the card against Myron Reed, Darian Bingston, and Chris Bay. Obviously, I mean, it is what it is. Whenever you look at those four names, AC is the lesser-known person out of the four of them, but he held his own just like he was on the same level as all of those guys. And the reason for that is he is on the same level, whether people know it or not. Like I said, very talented wrestler, and he busts his ass every single time that he gets in the ring. And all of that hard work recently paid off just a couple of days ago whenever he wrestled for the IWTV World Heavyweight Championship against Alex Shelley and fucking won. This man beat Alex Shelley for a world championship, even bigger than that, becoming the first ever openly gay world heavyweight champion. That is fucking amazing, and it couldn't have happened to a better guy. I really wish that I would have went down to that show. If I would have known that that title change was going to happen, I definitely would have dropped everything that I had going on and went to that show. I was over the moon happy for AC whenever I found out about it. Like I said, could not happen to a better guy. I'm going to be honest with you. like it, It took me aback. Like I couldn't believe it. I'm like, is AC really the first openly gay world champion? Not that he does not deserve that honor, because he definitely does, but I think the reason that that shocked me so much is because I was surprised that the number two entrant on this list didn't already win a world championship. And that takes us to number two on this list of wrestlers to watch out for in 2022, Effie. Like I said, I couldn't believe that Effie hasn't won a world championship already. I think promotions are fucking up if they have had that opportunity right in front of them and have not pulled the trigger on it. That was so surprising to me. Like, Effie, for the last several years, has been such a huge fixture all across the world on the independent wrestling scene. It was a huge shock to me that he hasn't already won a world championship. But, to be honest with you, Effie doesn't need it. At this point, honestly, Effie is independent wrestling. And I know that this is a big stretch to say that 2022 is going to be Effie's biggest year because he's already had so many big years. During this entire pandemic life cycle from 2020 until now, he has honestly been the talk of independent wrestling. And I think that the only reason that it's going to get bigger in 2022 is because more opportunities are going to be presented. And everybody has seen the kind of stuff that Effie is capable of. For instance, GCW. Honestly, I don't think that you have GCW, especially the way that it is presented now, without Effie. Effie and Ali Catch have been such a huge centerpiece in that company for this entire last year. Honestly, I believe one of the most important feuds to come through that company has been Effie and Matt Cardona. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'm not the biggest Matt Cardona fan in the world. I've had the pleasure of working with him before. I don't think that he's a bad guy in any way, shape, or form, but he's he's definitely a weird one. And like I said, not, not a huge fan of his as a worker or anything else, but the stuff that Cardona has been doing in GCW is nothing short of genius. And that feud that he had with Effie, honestly, is the feud that got me interested in GCW. You guys are probably well aware of this. I usually film the show Sunday mornings. Tonight is The World on GCW live from the Hammerstein Ballroom. It is going to be the first GCW pay-per-view that I actually buy, and I'm looking forward to it. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to is Effie versus Jeff fucking Jarrett. In what world should that match be possible? 
I don't think it should be possible at all, but it's going to happen. And guess what? I'm very excited for it because at this point, I truly believe everything that Effie touches is gold. And I think that he has just began to scratch the dream match surface. We talked about Josh Alexander earlier in this list, having dream matches with Minoru Suzuki and Jonah Rock, and God knows how many more big names in 2022. I think that Effie is going to be having some unexpected dream matches. We already saw it with the feud with Matt Cardona over the internet title. Very unexpected, but very entertaining. Now we're seeing it with Effie versus Jeff Jarrett. This is one of the most unexpected things in the fucking world to me. It is definitely not some shit that I had on my 2022 bingo card, but I'm extremely excited for it. Who the fuck knows where this dream match circus goes next, but I think that that's going to be a lot of Effie's 2022, having these huge dream matches with people that we would never expect Speaking of never expect, let's talk about somebody that I'm sure a lot of you expected to be number one on this list, and it's because you really couldn't make this kind of list without making him number one. That is Danhausen. Danhausen was on track this last year to have the biggest year in his career, and then he got taken out by a horrific leg injury. I think if that leg injury would have never happened, 2021 would have easily been Danhausen's biggest year ever, and it would be hard for 2022 to top. Danhausen still, leg injury and all, has still found a way to be profitable in 2021, to make appearances at wrestling shows and conventions, and him getting signed to Ring of Honor this last, I think it was two years ago, he got signed with Ring of Honor. And I know that it was something that us fans were definitely excited about, but now with Ring of Honor not being the company that it was, and we're all very uncertain of that future, I honestly believe in 2022, Danhausen is going to get signed by a bigger company. I think with a lot of other people, I'm pretty sure it's going to be AEW, but if he showed up in Impact or honestly, even WWE, I wouldn't be surprised. Normally, I would fucking hate if somebody signs with WWE, but I don't think that there's any way, shape, or form that they would sign Danhausen and not let him be Danhausen. I think if they even told him, hey, we want to sign you, but we don't want you to be Danhausen, I don't think he'd say yes to it. But I wouldn't be surprised if the WWE hired Danhausen tomorrow and said, you can 100% be in control of your character. It wouldn't shock me. But I do believe this year he is going to be on TV on a regular basis once he gets healed up. It's just a matter of time at this point. Danhausen was ready to take the world by storm, had a little bit of a bump in the road, but 2022, it is for sure going to happen, and every single one of us are well aware of that. I cannot wait to see what this year has in store for Danhausen. And that's my list. If you guys have your own list, maybe you disagree with me in a few spots, I'd love for you guys to tell me about it by sending an email to maineventheat at yahoo.com. I'm sure that there are several other wrestlers that easily could have made this list. I know it took me a little while to make this list myself because there was a few wrestlers that were on the list that I had to move off in favor of other people. I'll give you an example. Number 10, instead of Jay Cargill, it was going to be Liv Morgan. Because my wife had convinced me that Liv Morgan has been having kind of a career renaissance in the WWE. I did watch that match that she had with Becky at day one, and it was very good. I was more than anything surprised that Liv Morgan could go like that. She put on a great performance. I think the reason for me that Jade Cargill 
beat Liv Morgan to number 10 is I'm way more familiar with the AEW product than I am the WWE product. But that's just one example. There are so many other people that were originally on this list and I moved them off in favor of others. But yeah, what do you guys think? If you have your own list, maybe you agree with mine completely. Maybe mine is the perfect definitive list of wrestlers that you should be watching in 2022. Whatever you think, you can send it all to maineventheat at yahoo.com. I'd love to read it. If I like it that much, I might even read it on next week's episode. Make sure to follow me on social media if you haven't already. I am at Sweet Sexy Rob on Instagram and Twitter. I will be regularly posting about updates in my professional wrestling career. I'll give you guys an update right now. I just recently finished my forms for my South Carolina wrestling license. I just got my physical just a couple of days ago. I mailed all of the paperwork off this weekend. Hopefully I should be hearing back soon, but here in the next couple of weeks, I am probably going to be licensed in the state of South Carolina. So that's a really big update for me. I will be posting about that on social media once I finally do in fact get the license. But I've got all kinds of other updates on there. So like I said, at Sweet Sexy Rob, Instagram and Twitter, if you'd like to keep up with stuff that I don't actually talk about here on the podcast, but are wrestling career related. Another thing is keep an eye out on the YouTube channel. I do want to try to put some more stuff on the YouTube channel. I recently reorganized my office a little bit. I had a lot of I had a lot of baseball memorabilia in here and I moved a lot of it over to my guest room and I moved some wrestling memorabilia in here instead because this is this is kind of going to be my set for some of the stuff that I put on the YouTube channel. So I figured it should be a little more wrestling oriented. I do have my studio downstairs in my basement that the original plan was going to be to record the podcast and film YouTube stuff down there. But in the winter time, I really don't like going in the basement because it stays extremely cold down there and it's kind of uncomfortable to be down there in the winter, even with the heater going. I've also got to get a new Wi-Fi card for my computer down there just because the, the adapter that I'm using just cuts out really, really bad. So I've got a few things I need to fix in the studio before I go back to recording down there. But yeah, anyway, check out the YouTube channel. We've already got a few videos up there. There will be more things to come here in the near future. If you're also a fan of the theme song of Main Event Heat, that song is called Fanatic. It is from my band, The Broken Standard, and that song is now on Spotify, Apple Music, and several other platforms. Just look for The Broken Standard and look for the song Fanatic. There you go. And if you would also like to support the show, the best way to do that is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rob Weathers and picking up a t-shirt. Once we've got a few more t-shirts sold, I've already got a few ideas for some new designs I want to put up, but I just want to make sure that we sell a few copies of the old designs before I do that. And until next time, thanks for hanging out.